and thank you for joining us for That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane with Voice Matters, and I am here as always with my wonderful friend Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. And we are here. We are so lucky. Are we lucky, Karen? Today we have our wonderful guest. We have Chip Griffin from the Small Agency Growth Alliance. Chip is usually joining us in our comments on our live YouTube feed, but we're so lucky to have him in the virtual room with us today. I, Hi, I am Chip. lucky to be here. I don't have to type my snark. I can just come right out with it. Let your snark flag fly, Chip. <laughs> this is why we yeah, have it you is on. such a joy to have our good friend Chip here with us live and in the studio. And he is somebody that... We, we truly value his time because he runs his own successful businesses and podcasts and he's, you know, he's very into man and I'm so excited because this month, March, with everything going on in the world, we're really trying to focus on helping equip small business owners, our solos and micro agencies of navigating through this season of change. Not that that's not what we've been doing for what seems like the past 10 years, but it's only been two. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of been a thing of late. Yeah, the change keeps changing. You know, as we were commiserating beforehand, you know, change is the new normal and we're not sure we're happy about that. (laughs) But, yeah, you know, if you're a small business owner, especially if you're a solo, we've done this before. We continue to do it. Yeah. And it's just, you know, we're we're here to, you know, to talk with Chip to find out how to be as smart as we can be in this very moment. So, Chip, what, what are you seeing out there? What's your yeah. what's your take? Well, I, I mean, you know, it changes a constant, right? So, so every small business, every solo, every micro agency has had to deal with change even before the 2020s. The 2020s have just made it a little more dramatic and and a little you know, a little bigger, shall we say. I mean, who had a pandemic or possible nuclear war on the horizon when they went into the, the decade? But from our standpoint, it's it's really just a question of, of dealing with the things that we can control. There's so much going on out there that we can't, I mean, yes, we need to be aware of it, but we can't worry about it because if we do, that will distract us from the key task at hand, which is making sure that we're doing a great job for our clients and we're finding new clients. That's okay. I- Love that. Chip, I'm I'm curious because you really help and you've done this for many years, you help companies to kind of navigate through the business landscape, regardless of what's happening in the world. So what are you hearing today? Is it is it different than what we've heard in years past? You know, what are the challenges that you're hearing? What are the fears that are coming out from business owners? Yeah, I think the the concerns that I'm seeing from agency owners right now are really practical ones and and things like hiring, right? I mean, that's that's a huge issue right now and it's something that frankly will help the solo community in creating opportunities because if you can't hire a full-time employee, you may need to partner up with a solo, right? So there's there's lots of opportunity for solos right now uh with with small to mid-sized agencies who can't staff appropriately and need that help. Um, I would say that's probably top of the list of, of concerns. Obviously, there's still lingering concerns about the pandemic and what does it mean, particularly for agencies involved with events and anything in person, um, either for their own business development or on behalf of their clients. And everything that's that's going on on the world stage right now, honestly, I've heard less about that from clients generally. Uh, I think they've probably got enough of that, Phil, uh, from the evening news or whatever, however they're consuming their news these days. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. I have um, 
solos are psychically worn down, <laughs> let's say. <laughs> they um they do you know, they they internalize these world events, they're distraught about it, and they are drinking in the economic uncertainties and they're worried. And I love that you brought up the word opportunity because in every crisis, there's always opportunity. Every crisis, no matter how terrible it is, you have to look and say, okay, even in a crisis, there are needs. So what are the gaps? How can I be a value? What problems can I solve? And you know, you, you'll hear like economists talk about black swan events and some will argue that the pandemic was not really a black swan event, but they always say that a black swan event is, is like it, it burns everything in its path, but it also clears away all of the, the debris and all of the old stuff. And it allows for something new to grow. And I think if we look at this time that, you know, life as we knew it really did kind of burn down to the ground. It's we pivoted so many times. I don't even know where the starting point was anymore. So we're not looking backwards and, and trying to reclaim, you know, what was yesterday, but we're looking ahead. And and I think that this is a good time to think about how can you make those little tweets? Are you really communicating what you're able to do for clients? Because sometimes we miss that. You know, I bet right now if you took 10 minutes, you could think about a client that has a staffing shortage, doesn't have a content person, someone resigned, they're overwhelmed, they can't get things done. What are the things that you're hearing from them and how can you be of service in that particular area? A lot of times it's just strategy, which Mm -hmm. is something that we excel at and we miss it. We listen to them and we do our jobs with excellence, but we don't look for those opportunities where we can now double down and do even more to help them to get past this period. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and I think the key is to, to find ways to take advantage without taking advantage. Right. right? Yeah. And, and, and that's been a common theme over the last couple of years because there are all these new opportunities that get created. And if you can find a way to be a problem solver, to be of service to your current clients or to new clients – that does create opportunity and it, and it solves a problem that they have. So you're, you're doing right by everybody. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's a, an opportune time to really excel in that role of trusted advisor, you know, mm. because a lot of times our clients, you know, kind of like us, they f- might feel a bit, a bit of a free fall or, Oh my gosh, what do we do next? And, you know, I, I know working with a client in the automotive sector, boy, if that didn't hit hard at the start of the pandemic, and, you know, not that I was a superhero, but it was just, you know, it felt good to be able to just say to them, okay, you know, let's communicate, communicate, communicate. This is what we need to do. What can you do? How can you do it? Let's get the word out there. And, and I think that continues to be a need as things continue to change, because as a consumer, I don't know if you've both experienced this, but throughout the course of the pandemic, the people that you normally do business with that did not communicate well as to how they were operating or what opportunities there were with them, you kind of faded away from them or or stopped doing business with them because you didn't know. And who has the time to call around and say, hey, uh, what are you doing today? So I I think there is still that key, like you say, the word of the day is opportunity. Yeah. Um, well, I, th- I think, you know, part of the key right now is that things are very uncertain mm-hmm. and 
when there's uncertain times, you need to focus on the, on the things, as I said earlier, that you can control, which means you're doing that basic blocking and tackling, that you're not getting distracted by the what-ifs. But you do want to make sure that you're maintaining flexibility and you're growing that flexibility. So that may mean building a little bit bigger financial cushion than you normally would, particularly if you're in the position of having you know, developed a lot of business opportunities in recent months, as many agencies and solos have. Start squirreling some of that away so that you have some flexibility to make the adjustments that you need to make. Develop more flexibility as far as looking at your client base. And instead of being dependent upon one or two large clients, try to find ways to diversify a little bit so that you've got some flexibility so that if something comes down in three or four months that really impacts one of them, it doesn't impact you quite as much. I agree. I mean, and and honestly, I think that right now what's really on the hook is that, you know, if you have really large budgets, you are more visible. In the as people are looking at their calculations, because remember that companies are just like us too. Um, your clients are also looking at their budgets and they're being very strategic and they also are preserving cash. And there are economic factors that are impacting their business. So they're impacted by supply chain issues. They're impacted by a rise in gasoline prices. Because remember that, you know, having gas is not just about commuting. It's about raising the price of the goods and 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 things that come to us for us to be able to make things. So that means that prices are going up. And so companies are faced with either trying to lower costs so that they don't pass on higher costs to their their customers and their to their consumers or raising prices and figuring out a way to balance it all out. And so, you know, the higher your budget, if you, you know, have an account that's $50,000 a month, you're probably more at risk than if you have, you know, an account that's 10 or 15,000 a month. And so I love the idea of being prepared. I've never been a fan of leaning on one single client. I've known people who, you know, it's a big client and they have a whole team and maybe you have a contract that's, you know, multi-year, but contracts have out clauses. And so- And, and, And even when they don't, good luck enforcing it. Right. Exactly. It, it, and right. the larger the contract, it's harder to enforce if you're small because they've got deeper yeah. pockets to fight you off. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's reality. And a lot of people experienced that two years ago where, quote unquote, ironclad contracts got broken. What are you going to yeah. do? Right. Not it's much. True. Right. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's definitely key to have a, a varied book of business so that you're not, you know, hinged on one thing. Yeah. Because the other thing, I, the other thing that, that you mentioned there that, that I think really solos and, and small agencies need to take to heart is this idea that, that things are more expensive, so everybody's raising their prices. You need to raise your prices too. Because guess what? I can almost guarantee you that everybody listening to us was not charging enough before inflation kicked in. True. You start adding in double-digit inflation, guess what? Now you're really behind the eight ball. So you absolutely need to be looking to make sure that you're pricing correctly, that you're scoping correctly, and that you're not over-servicing clients. Because if you do those things, you will get into a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Could you say that again? <laughs> People in the back, because um, I agree. And it's it's one of the things that Solo PR Pro, we have this mission you know, we're not, we're not the organization that is selling, you know, yachts and, and fences. Um, we're not selling some luxury lifestyle, but what we do has value. And it breaks my heart when I see what some of you are charging. 
because it's not enough for what you do. You're not even charging as much as you could as a junior employee at an agency. And, and our solos are very seasoned. They have experience, they have credibility. So it's heartbreaking and you're working so much harder. I have seen people charge rates that really just make me think you could just, you know, go work for, you know, $25 an hour at Target and you'd be coming out a lot better. And, and I don't mean to devalue the Target worker, but it's, you're not charging in line with what you actually offer. And to me, that is something that you've got to fix internally. For some reason, you know, you have this block that says you can't charge more. And I've heard all the excuses. Well, you know, all my clients are local. Oh, I do with small businesses. Oh, uh, you know, it's the nonprofit world. Those are excuses. They're not really the truth. <laughs> also, if they don't see the value that you're creating, go somewhere else. Yeah. There's nobody is telling you you have to service these clients. And if you've, you've got people that you're working with that don't value what you do appropriately, go find other clients. Work for someone else. Yes. Yes. That, absolutely. Oh, my God. I could not have articulated that better. <laughs> you're absolutely right. And, yeah. and I think that we have to now is the time to get really serious about building the business you really want to have and believing in yourself. And I don't know how to get you there other than. We're just going to keep saying it to you. We're going to keep providing you resources. We're going to keep reminding you and encouraging you. But you do deserve to be paid for your value. This does not mean that you're required to work 70-hour weeks to prove to somebody that you're working. You are a business owner. You have value. You are solving big, fat problems. Sometimes in a day when I look at some of the things I do, I take a step back too and go, you know what? I just save my client like $150,000. Yeah. When you yeah. look at it through that lens, you understand like, you know, as much as I charge, that was a great return on their investment. This one thing that I just did alone today, just saved them a bucket of money and it made them glad that I'm part of the team. And that's not bragging or being arrogant. It's really realizing what we really do for clients. We don't make editorial calendars. It's not the pitching. It's really how we are aligning and helping them to achieve their business goals. And also, I know that all of you solo PR pros are very invested in your clients. How many times have you spotted a gap in their organization that you were able to call out and help them with that they would not have seen without you? We have the value of being able to see across a lot of different organizations. We bring that institutional knowledge with us to every single client. So we're able to offer up solutions and see things and spot trends that they may miss. So we're able to see past their blind spots and to help them. All of those things that sometimes you think of as intangible really mm -hmm. have a price tag associated with it. 100%. It does all come down to the value and, and internalizing that value. And I think sometimes we get tripped up because for the most part, this type of work, we're in it because to a certain degree, it comes easy to us. I mean, we all work hard, don't get me wrong, but it's where our talent lies. So we we tend to think, well, you know, anyone could have done that. And, and you know, sometimes you do see stark examples in your work of, oh, oh, people don't see what I see or how I see it. And, and oh, okay, so there is something to what I do. And I think it's difficult sometimes for us to 
really, really own that because it's not like we're a surgeon and well, I can see the way you're working in someone's, you know, a heart surgeon. I can see whether or not you're good, right? As opposed to us solving, you know, problems for clients. It's not like a tangible thing. But, you know, take the time with yourself and really, really, like you say, step back, look at the work you're doing and the value that that is bringing to your clients as a showcase, you know, flip that into the value you bring to prospects. Yeah, you can't navigate uncertainty if you're uncertain about what you offer. Right. Yeah, I mean, you you have to know your value, just as you both said. Yeah, you have to know it. You have to charge for it. And but the other thing is, and I and I think that this is something that a lot of times gets lost along the way. You have a right to to enjoy what you're doing. If you're going to be running your own business, there's no reason to take on all of that risk, all of that stress, if you're not being both paid fairly and you're enjoying what you're doing. And so I'm a a huge proponent of building to own, right? You need to build a business that you want to own, and you have to be able to to create something that you're happy to wake up to every day. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems. You're not going to have annoying clients from time to time or annoying reporters you have to do. All these things happen, yes. I'm not saying you're going to be happy every single minute of every single day, but on the whole, you need to enjoy what you're doing. If you do, you'll be much more successful. And so if there are things about your business that you don't like, you're working too much, you're being paid too little, you don't have the respect of your clients, whatever it is, change it. You're in charge. Yeah. Right. There there has to be, there has to be an advantage to not having an employer. It has to be that you're getting what you want from it. Well, and and it's funny you put it that way, right? Because what, what do we often do when we walk into our first meeting with a new client? Where, where does it hurt? Where are your pain points? We're so accustomed to asking that of others. Do we ever ask it of ourselves as we structure our own business or retool? Where, where does it hurt? Why am I unmotivated today? Is it because I didn't sleep well? Or is it because, ugh, if I have to do this one more time, I, you know, it's, it's really key to pay attention to those, those points of reference within yourself and your own business. I completely agree. And because we promised that we would give people some practical, actionable advice, and I, I think we've done that, but I want, Chip, before we let you go, give us a couple of things that people today, right now, can actually do to get through this this crazy period, you know, we have people that are sitting in our audience that may be facing clients who have are wanting to chop budgets or who have given notice because they're trying to cut back on costs, or maybe they just don't have the base of clients and they're afraid that they're not going to be able to navigate through this sea. Give them a couple of things that they can do right now to start to prepare themselves to sell through this period of time without going underwater. So I, I think step one is to look inward, right? You need to understand what your ambition as a solar agency owner is. What do you want to get from the business? What changes need to take place in the business to get you there between now and 12, 18, 24 months down the road, whatever your horizon is. And so you, you need to have that kind of clarity before you can take those uh, preparatory steps to prepare for whatever uncertainty may exist, whatever you know challenges might come along. So start there. Understand those things. Once you do, though, you know, now you start taking a look and, and you have to identify the specific risks to your business. And so that means looking at your client base and what are the things that are most likely, based on everything that you know, most likely to impact them in the months ahead. 
and how can you protect against that? Can you do you need to diversify from a client who maybe you know does a lot of, of business in Russia and is paused right now, and, and who knows how long it's going to be paused for? Right, that's something that you need to be prepared for, and you need to figure out. Okay, this client may not be a ten thousand dollar a month account in six months' time. They may take a lot longer to get back to where they were. Take a look at your clients that are particularly impacted by inflation. Understand how that may inf- impact your portfolio, and look at that. But also look and see what opportunities exist within that client base that you have, and ask yourself: Are there businesses that need to be communicating more or better? in this space in a way that I can be helpful to them. And so if you start thinking, not just in terms of defensive, but also offensive, that's, I think, how you'll come through these times in the best shape possible. I love that. And I think what Chip is really giving you is strategy. Mm -hmm. And we PR pros love strategy. And it's really having a strategic plan for your business during these times. And I can't say this enough, you know, also preserve your own finances. You know, I personally eat my own dog food in this area and looked at areas where I'm pausing from spending for now until the market kind of turns around a little bit, just because I want to have that extra storage of cash to be able to ride out. And I mean, that's just something, you know, that we all do all the time, but I'm doing more of that, you know, really taking a crucial look, taking a look at even tools and things that I spend on the business liberally a lot of times and saying, what am I really using right now? And what do I really need? And what are the things that I could sort of cut back on just so that I'm prepared to navigate the sea of change? And and for me, that's, you know, critical because I work in an area that I do think is going to get hit because I, <laughs> I lived through one tech bubble in my life. And I don't think that it's impossible for that to happen again. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, be smart, you know, but even in this time and, and Chip said this and it just gives me such joy. Build the business that you want to own because this has just been, it is really been a really interesting whirlwind of a time for us these past two years. By golly, if nothing else, I hope (laughs) that we learn the importance of living, fully living and, and having enjoyment. And you should not wake up doing something that you're not happy about, even if it's your own business. I've broken up with my business before. I've ditched whole entire offerings of services. I love the clients. I woke up and I was like, "Ugh, if I have to do this one more time, I'm going to throw up. So I stopped. You can make that change for yourself because if you're happy, you're going to do better work and you're going to have better clarity about how you spend your time. And it's going to allow you to have higher quality clients. And, you know, you determine what that means to you. You determine what high quality means to you. It's not always the price that they charge. There are other things that could go into that factor, but you you should overall be happy. And I mean, this is coming from somebody who is having one heck of a week. And I promise you, there have been so many days this week that I'm like, I'm jumping off the PR airplane now. Thank you very much. I will be retiring. (laughs) But I love my job and I really do love my clients. And we want you all to have that same experience. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think just just remember don't operate out of fear. You know, operate out of a basis of opportunity because we know that all of you are talented and have something to offer. And don't take the fact that maybe things, you know, are changing in whatever sector you're working in as a sign of, ugh, you know, no one needs what I have to offer. Someone somewhere does. So trust Absolutely. in that. Absolutely. 
And, and, and can Chad? I just give one last piece of advice? Please, we're, absolutely. We're, we're all in, in, in PR and communications here, and so we all pay more attention to the news than your average bear. True. If it's really getting to you, turn it off. Right? If, if, if you're finding it difficult to separate yourself from your business from what you're seeing on TV, turn it off. Tune out. Stop doom scrolling. It's yes. not going to help to do that. So if you can if you can have that separation, great. Pay attention. Be a, a news junkie all you want. But those of us who are in PR and communications tend to consume a lot of news. The news is challenging right now. You have to keep that under control. Otherwise, it's going to really bleed over into your own business. And I promise you... Tim Ferriss many years ago said, if there's something really important happening, you'll find out. You know what? Dude was right. He was 100% right. If you block it out, somebody will tell you. If it's really important, you may miss some of the nuances, but you don't have to know everything. I promise you don't. You'll see the glow outside your window. I'm hoping somebody tells me before the glow hits our backyard. So, <laughs> uh, Chip, please tell people where they can find you. And we'll also include it in the show notes um, mm-hmm. because we want them to connect with you and Small Agency Growth Alliance. So tell people how to do that. It's super simple. Just go to smallagencygrowth.com. Love it. Can't get any easier than that. Spoken, it's like a true communicator. Well, thank you so much, Chip, for spending time with us today. It is always truly a delight, and we are so grateful for the wisdom that you bring and and just the reassurance of 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 what you have to offer is always a treat. And thank you for thank, having me. Well, thank you, and we thank you, our listeners, for joining us yet again for an episode of That Solo Life. If you found this valuable to you, please share it around. We would really appreciate that, too. So until next time, thanks for joining us on That Solo Life. Mm